Welcome to Elevate Youth. I hope you guys are having a good time so far. Um, it is a ritual and tradition for us today. I've asked my friend Jake Tucker to come and help, help us out just a little bit. Let's give him a round of applause, guys, as he comes up. All right, Jake, if you, if you guys are new here, we're going to open it at the same time. Jake's going to count us down. I'm going to, last time it spilled on my laptop. All right, count us down. All right. Three, two, one. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Man, okay. Thank you, Jake, for doing that. Let's give him a round of applause, guys. He was a good good ritual, Jake. Yeah, good ritual sacrifice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I did not say that. Um, okay, before we begin, um, uh, we're, we're continuing the series called Relationships. We're learning to love God. We're, we're, we are learning to love God, but we're learning to love others to the glory of God. Um, before we begin, I just want to say, we haven't talked about this in a long time, but I want to share with you our vision and mission statement at Elevate, just very briefly. I'm actually wearing a sweatshirt that has our mission on it. And so at Elevate, our mission is to reach up, raise up, and to rise up. And as you can see, it all goes with the Elevate terminology. We've got, it's not on there now, but we've got mountains as our logo. Reach up, raise up, and rise up. And what that means is we're going to reach up to God with everything we have. We're going to raise up those around us and rise up to our calling. And we made these sweatshirts. We were only able to do like a limited run for our leaders who volunteered their hours and time to serve at Bold. Um, but look out in the future. We are wanting to make a run for everybody um, with these sweatshirts. It just might be just a little bit. They're pretty expensive to make. So uh, I just want to share with you guys our mission before we continue. It's been a long time since I've talked about it, probably several months. And some of you guys might not even know. So... We'll talk about that more in the future. But right now, we're, we're continuing our series, Relationships. And two weeks ago, we started our series, and we ser that served as our foundation for the series. We talked about how relationships, we talked about three things, that first, we need relationships. We need them. We need relationships. Um, we talked about how they can be messy. Relationships are messy sometimes. And that the, all our relationships should be for the glory of God. And last week, we talked about that in the context of our friendships. And we talked about main points such as you are who you hang out with, and you attract who you are. You are who you hang out with, and you attract who you are. And we said that how that seems like bad news, but in reality, that is really, really, really good news. Because if you are a solid Christian, a lot of times you're going to attract other people around you, and you also become who you hang out with. And so if you're around good people, especially Jesus, then you're going to become more like Jesus every day the more you hang out with him. And so tonight we're going to talk about another thing in the context of relationships, and it's Halloween season, so I thought we would talk about a scary subject tonight, dating. Ooh, <laughs> dating. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's a tough one. Oh, in the spirit of Halloween, I've got some non-Halloween but Skittles candy. Anybody want? Okay, it's Jessica firsthand. All right. I just had those around, so I thought I'd give them out. But, okay, really, though, really, though, let's be honest here. Dating doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't. I know it's Halloween. I know I just said it was scary, but I lied. 
It doesn't have to be scary. You know, just like last week, we're going to be loose and have fun with it. I am not going to lead you through stretches. I promise. I cannot do that. If you guys saw me last week, I was doing the modified version for pregnant ladies. And my wife was pregnant doing the advanced versions. I don't know what that's saying about me. But I am not going to do stretches, but we're still going to have loose and fun with it. So as I was doing research for the subject, I stumbled across an article that listed people were entering in their worst first dates. Do you guys want to hear them? Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Worst first date. I got, roll, I got pulled over for rolling through a stop sign. The officer asked for both IDs. Turns out my date had a warrant on him and he was arrested and taken to jail. That escalated very quickly. <laughs> Here's another one. This one is not recommended for you to do, but he took me rock climbing and he wouldn't let me rappel down until I committed to a second date. That is wrong. Please do not do that. This one's gross. He had scabs on his face and he kept picking at them and flicking them on the table. <laughs> it just kept getting worse. It just kept getting, kept getting worse. Imagine if you were there in that situation. All right, last one I have to share with you guys. There was 50 in this article and I picked the, what I thought was the best four. Here's the last one. We went to a barbecue restaurant for dinner. He ordered a large bowl of barbecue sauce, just sauce, and proceeded to eat it with a spoon, like a soup. And that was it. I finished my sandwich and left as fast as I humanly could. <laughs> that is pretty gross, but I feel like we kind of know people that would probably do that. I hope not. I mean, I like barbecue sauce too, man, but not, 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 not that much. <sighs> man, I'm just thankful I didn't have any of those worst first date experiences. But, you know, dating, it can be tricky. It can be messy sometimes. And, you know, going on the dating scene and going on dates can bring a, it can bring lots of fun and joy and happiness. But it could also bring lots of hurt and pain through uh, breakups and emotional pain. And so... I'm just going to give you just the concept of dating here in America is relatively a really new one. You know, uh, the, the word dating wasn't even introduced into the English language until the 1920s. So it's, it's a really new concept here in America. Um, the concept of modern, modern dating is very new. Just a couple of centuries ago, marriages were used more as legal contracts than they were about love. It's really crazy to think about that they were used as uh, to make legal deals or make business deals that people would marry off their sons and their daughters to, to create contracts. And so obviously now here in modern America, we have more rights and more freedoms than we used to have. And we can choose who we marry. And that's when the concept of dating came up was to hang out with this person until you thought they were a good spouse to marry. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about the subject of dating and in any subject. We're going to pray before we begin, and we're just going to invite God into this conversation that we're having right now and allow him to influence us. So let's pray together. God, I just thank you for, I thank you for uh, the group of people we have here tonight. I just pray that you use me, that I am your vessel. I am wanting to, I want you to speak through me tonight. I don't want it to just be my words. I want it to be your words, and we want to just partner with you tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. All right.
So like I said, it's going to be a really good subject tonight. I hope I don't step on too many people's toes tonight, but I really, want, I really think this is really important for us to know and to learn that this is, um, this is really weighty. This is a really weighty topic. Uh, I've heard it said that the, the choosing who you're going to marry is the second most important decision of your entire life. Choosing who you're going to marry is the second most important decision of your entire life. The first most important decision is choosing uh, to, to uh, invite Jesus into your heart. And people have said over and over again that choosing who you're going to marry is the second most important decision in your entire life. You're, you're choosing who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. You know, I, I, don't want to, I don't want us to take that lightly. That's a big deal. You know, I'm just going to list a few things that your, part, your marriage partner will do. They will raise your kids. They will help lead your family and you. They will dramatically and intensely influence how you live, what you believe, and who you love. They will set the tone and the culture in your house. They will be there and have big emotions towards big life events. You know, they will either help navigate the loss of a career or they'll make it worse. You know, they will interact with your family, your friends, and your loved ones. They will see you at your worst and you will see them at their worst. They will be there and react one way or another when your child makes a big mistake. You know, choosing who you marry is the second biggest decision of our life. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal, but luckily, we don't have to make that decision by ourselves. Amen for that. Like, I don't know, decisions are really hard for me. I have a really hard time picking out what cereal to buy at the store. Ask my wife. It takes me like 10 minutes. I'm not even kidding. 20? Okay. <laughs> Just getting called out tonight, that's okay. I gotta have the perfect cereal, and if it takes me 20 minutes, and then it takes me even longer to choose which YouTube video to put on while I'm eating the cereal. I don't know if anybody else can relate with that. I have a, such a hard time making decisions on stupid things, much less who I'm gonna marry. Obviously, I'm already married, but like, the point is like, it's so hard to make decisions, at least for me, but luckily, we don't have to make decisions by ourselves. You know, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but I'm so thankful that God opened the door of communication from us to him. You know, in the Old Testament, before Jesus died on the cross, we were separated from God with our sin, right? We were separated from God. And you have to know in the Old Testament, Jesus didn't die yet. You know, they had different ways of purifying themselves and cleansing sin. But sin separates us that God cannot come in contact with sin. It's not that he doesn't want to. It's not that he is choosing not to or he'd rather prefer it. it. He cannot because of his nature. He cannot come in contact with sin. But I'm really thankful that Jesus died for our sins in our place so that he opened up the way and made us pure again. You know, I want you to think about this. Think about it like it's you have a bank account, right? That you pull out your phone and you open up an app called Righteousness Bank and you can see your account balance. And before you accepted Jesus in your life, before Jesus died on the cross, your account, your righteousness account balance was in the negative. It was in the red. It was in the negative. And when Jesus died on their sins, here's what he did. He paid the debt to make it net zero. He paid the debt to make it net zero, but he didn't stop at that. He, in fact, took what was in his account and put it into your account. He paid the debt, and then he added his righteousness to yours. So that you not only have, that's called mercy and grace. Mercy is being forgiven for things that you did. And grace is um, being given things that you didn't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you did deserve. And grace is getting what you didn't deserve. I know that's like hard, to, hard for us to think about in our minds sometimes. 
but you're, you are righteous in God's eyes because of what Jesus did, and you are sinless in God's eyes because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And by doing that, he opened the door to communication for us. And that, that comes in, that comes uh, as a really good benefit to us because we get to have this constant, com, uh, constant conversation with the Holy Spirit on big, big decisions like who we're going to marry and who we're going to date and how we're going to date. And we're going to look at that more tonight. And John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare for, to you the things that are to come. So we have the ability and the authority to make these big decisions with the guidance and the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we want to do things God's way, right? We want to do things the way that God has for us. You know, I say this a lot, but we want to live and breathe the kingdom of heaven. In Psalms 33, it says, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates, frustrates the plans of the people, and the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. I've, I, I really like that scripture, and I love to insert myself into it. You know, it says, blessed is the nation, or how about, blessed is the household whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the marriage whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the relationship whose God is the Lord. You know, we should live in the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of self. We should live in the kingdom of heaven. We should live by the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of ourselves, even if it hurts or endangers our own way, even if it becomes in danger to our own life path that we've chosen for ourselves. You know, if, if you're not wanting to live in the kingdom of heaven, live by the kingdom of heaven, which I think you should, then if you're not wanting to live by those principles, then honestly, you might as well even just tune me out right now. Because what I'm going to be talking about the rest of the night is how to date and how to live and how to be in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I hope, I really hope you guys remember the things I'm going to say tonight, but you can't do kingdom of heaven halfway, right? You can't do kingdom of heaven and me. You can't do kingdom of heaven and my relationship that doesn't apply to the kingdom of heaven. You know, you can't do kingdom of heaven and. In the kingdom of heaven, there are certain things that we do. You're either doing kingdom of heaven or you're not. It's, it's one or the other. And so we want to live by the kingdom of heaven. We want to look towards God and the Holy Spirit for how he wants us to live and how he wants us to have relationships, um, especially marriages. Because like I said, it's the second most important decision of our entire life. And I would just like to say that if you're uh, dating or single or whatever, that this applies to everybody here. And I was talking to my wife, Caitlin, that if anything, this almost applies more towards single people because you can go into a relationship fresh without having any preconceptions or any uh, emotional ties to anybody. But obviously this applies to everyone. And so the first thing, so we're gonna talk about three things in the kingdom of heaven. We're gonna talk about why we date in the kingdom of heaven. We're gonna talk about how we date in the kingdom of heaven. And we're gonna talk about who we date in the kingdom of heaven. And so the first thing is why we date. And I'm just gonna cut right to it that the purpose of dating in the kingdom of heaven is primarily centered around finding a partner in marriage. You know, we date to find a marriage partner, not just an activities partner. We date to find a marriage partner, not just an activities partner. You're looking for somebody to get married to down the road. And I will say, you can do really fun things with your partner. You can do really fun things during dating. You know, me and my wife, we had tons of fun dating uh, each other. We played video games, we went on hikes, we, um, 
we had lots of fun. We went to store. We would just walk around Target, and that would be our day. We would just walk around Target for like an hour. We went to museums, parks, movies. You can do tons of fun things, but something I do want to challenge you is it's important while you're dating to consider if this person is going to be a good potential spouse or not. That is like the main goal of why we date, is that we need to look and see if they are uh, mature enough, a strong Christian, they're going to be able to raise my children, they're going to be able to, our callings are going to be able to match together. And so uh, I just want to say one more thing before I move on from this uh, point is um, what I'm going to say next, I just want to make it clear that this is my opinion, that um, this is my opinion, opinion of several studies and research books I've done. Um, this is something that is, like I said, it's my opinion. It's not necessarily like a rule or a law or anything, but you know, because we have a purpose of why we date in the kingdom of heaven, I think it's important to think about when to start dating and like when to date. And this is something that's very important for you to get on the same page with your parents, I think. This is something that's really important to get on the same page with parents and leaders and people around you. Um, because, you know, I think it's hard for us to talk about these things sometimes with other people, especially parents, that it's just, it's a difficult subject and it can be kind of awkward sometimes. Um, and this could be with parents, leaders, anybody. But I believe that, you know, parents, leaders, mentors, that they have knowledge and experience that we don't always have. You know, they have certain insights that we don't always get. So I want to encourage you guys to talk to your parents about that. But here's the advice I heard on the subject was you need to, you, when you need to date, you need to date when you are mature enough to be emotionally stable and secure, as well as mature enough to be able to say no to sexual temptation. And that is the best advice I've heard. So you need to date um, when you are mature and secure enough and you're, you have emotional security and you have uh, mental stability and you are able to say no to temptation. And for some people, that's 16. For others, that's 24. You know, you never know. And that, again, that's just my advice. Um, and that's just not, that's not a rule. That's just my opinion. And I just, again, I just really want to encourage you guys to talk to people, talk to trusted people in your life and um, talk to parents, talk to leaders, talk to mentors about it. But we, we date to find a marriage partner, not just an activities partner. And I think that's why it's so important for us to figure out when we date and what's the purpose behind it and why we are dating. So number one is why we date. And to set up number two, I have a video for you guys. I recorded the entire point number two for your viewing pleasure. So let's put on number two and let's see it. All right, so we're talking about dating in the kingdom of God, and I am out here on somebody's back porch. Um, no, I'm house-sitting for my parents. I've got my iced coffee here with me. Um, and first off, you know, I think we understand why, it's, why we date in the kingdom of God, the purpose of why we're dating. And the next logical step is we need to learn now is how we date, how we date. And this isn't going to be, you know, top 10 dating ideas for couples on a budget. That's not what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about is different principles that we need to learn to date in the kingdom of God. And I have three different priorities for us to do. And the first one is this, is that we need to prioritize God above it all. You know, above our feelings, above our desires, above our passions. Um, we need to prioritize God above all of those things. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I'm using the Amplified Version because I think it speaks louder to us in this time. But it says, But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be added to you also. 
He's saying, importantly, seek, aim after God, and all these things will be added to us. You know, we need to focus on the kingdom of God first, and the lesser things that we are so worried and focused on will be added to us later. You know, we talked earlier about how God's path is the best path. So we need to prioritize God above all else. The next thing we need to do is prioritize our standards. We need to prioritize our standards. Something I want to mention is that our standards are not preferences. You know, preferences are just that. They're preferences. They're things that we want. Examples of preferences would be, I want a girl with blonde hair, or I want a guy who's a musician. You know, those are, those are wants. Those are desires, but they're not standards because standards are absolute things that we need. You know, I need a girl who worships, or I need a guy who's a strong Christian, or a guy who's going to be sexually pure. I need those things. Those are standards. And there are two kinds of standards I believe that we need um, as dating people in the kingdom of God. And the first thing is, is standards about people. Standards about people. You know, that's what I just mentioned, that we need standards about a person. So like, like I said, standards about a girl who worships. Like we need that kind of standards. The second thing we need is standards with people. And that's just a little bit different. Standards with people is you've already got the person, you're set on the person, you're, you're clear with them, but it's different conditions and issues that need to be met throughout the relationship. You know, an example of that, a very popular example would be is standards with sexual purity with your partner. Now, this is an extremely good standard that everyone needs to have is to stay sexually pure. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about this in detail, but I do want to mention a couple things. And the first thing is that sex isn't dirty. It's in fact a beautiful thing. God designed it as a form of worship between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. It's not just something you say no to, but it's something that we get to say yes to in marriage. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, it says, do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, two will become one flesh. You know, a lot of Christians believe that sex is more than just a physical act, but it's in fact a spiritual act as well. Like I said, it's a really beautiful thing when it's in the context of marriage, but it's in fact a very perverted, to use the literal sense of the word, when it's used outside of that context. You know, the definition of perverted is having been corrupted or distorted from its original course, meaning, or state. Like I said, sex is not just something we say no to, but it's something we get to say yes to later on. That's why it's so important to set standards and boundaries now with the person than to have to clean up the mess later because sex is such a beautiful thing that God designed as a form of worship and we want to avoid perversion. We don't want to tie our souls or our spirits together when it's not meant to be yet. So we need to be mature enough to be able to hold these standards and priorities together. And the last thing I want to talk about is this. It's, we need to prioritize our health and that is spiritual, mental, emotional, and even physical. You know, there are a lot of things uh, that we call red flags and the dating community that, you know, if somebody's treating you a certain way, that could be considered a red flag. And we just need to know that we need to make it a priority to not be emotionally manipulated or uh, persuaded into doing things we're not wanting to do. That if we're in those situations, we need to, first of all, we need to talk to somebody about it and find a way to get out of that or to deal with it because um, we need to prioritize our health in these situations. So we need to prioritize God above all else. We need to prioritize our standards and our health. 
All right, so I know that was a lot of information all at the same time. Um, I hope you guys are taking notes on it. I know it's, again, I know it's a lot, but um, this podcast will be available starting tomorrow morning. Feel free to go back and listen to it um, more and more. And I would just like to say that there's a wonderful thing about the church community that we have and the community that's here at Elevate is that it's a, it's a safe place to be. It's a safe place to struggle and to talk about difficult subjects like this. Um, and I just want you guys to know that you guys are only a phone call or a text away from someone that can help you here. That especially, I haven't plugged this in a while, but especially if you're part of like an Elevate tribe, that especially then that you're surrounded by people that are growing and maturing with you and you're surrounded by leaders that are, their, their main mission during that time is to help you grow and mature. So I just want to encourage you guys to get, get in a group, whether that's a tribe or something else, have a connection, have a base of people that you can trust and talk to and you can uh, struggle with them, honestly. So um, if you're struggling with, Anything I'm saying so far or anything I'm going to say, I just want you, I want you to do three things. I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to a parent and talk to a leader. Those are the three things I want you to do. If you're struggling with any of this, talk to God, talk to a parent or a leader. And I just want you to, to do those things if you're struggling with it. So first thing is we, we talked about why we date in the kingdom of God. We talked about how we date in the kingdom of God. And the last one is who we date in the kingdom of God. Now this one, this one can be tricky. Um, because remember, we're not dating for just an activities partner, but we're in fact dating for a, we're looking to find a life partner. And if you are wanting to date just your activities, if you're wanting to marry your activities partner, I will say this, that marriage isn't just fun and games, right? That there's, there's struggles, there's, there's times of uh, struggling, there's times of pain, times of stress. And I will say this though, like marriage, there's tons of fun in marriage. That's just not all of it. So if you marry your activities partner and that's all you were looking for was somebody that was fun to be around, you're gonna have a ton of fun in marriage, but when times get tough, it's gonna get really tough. I will say that, it's gonna get really tough. I'm gonna list, uh, list that list again of things that your spouse will be. Your spouse will raise your kids, it will lead your family, influence how you live, what you believe, who you love. It'll, your spouse will set the tone in your house, set the culture in your house. Will interact with your family, friends, loved ones. Will see you at your worst, and you will see them at their worst. So, marriage is so much more than just doing activities together. But it's in fact you—you you are directing and steering your lives together as one person. You know, the Bible says to become one flesh. That you are becoming one with that person. So, I'm going to give you one thing to look for. One main foundational thing, not just the only thing, but I want to give you a foundational thing to look for and a potential uh, spouse. And first, the thing you need to look for is what their priorities are, what their priorities are. I would suggest that you find somebody that has the priorities of this. They have God first, they have others second, and themselves third. If you find somebody with those priorities in that order, that is a really, really good start. That's obviously not, you're not just gonna marry the first person that has those priorities in order, you know, you need to talk to, you need to get wise counsel, you need to talk to God, you need to get confirmation from God on that. You need to start making those steps. But if you can find somebody that has that, those priorities, God first, others second, themselves third, that is a really good start. That is a good foundation to start on in the kingdom of heaven. And again, this is just the first step. That's not just, you don't just need to find that and just move on, but that's the first step. You know, I believe that if we can have this foundation of why we date, how we date, and who we date, then you will have a foundation 
you'll have a really good start and a foundation for having healthy dating relationships with people. Um, listen, I just want to say real quick, I just want to wrap up with this, that if you've made mistakes in the past before, I just want to say that's okay. You are in the right place for that. You're in the right place, that Jesus paved the way to forgiveness, that the community here at Elevate is a safe one. It's okay to struggle here. It's okay to struggle together. I'm going to read this scripture, and as I do, I want to invite the worship team. They're going to come on up, and we're going to sing one last song together. But the scripture is found in Romans chapter 3. It says, for we have all sinned in our need of the glory of God. You see, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all struggled at some point. But through this powerful declaration, declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us all because of Jesus. And he has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. Except that one time when I slipped up with my boyfriend. No, that's not what that says. He has liberated the power of guilt, punishment, and the power of sin, except that one time when I watched porn. No, that is not what it says at all. First John chapter 1, verse 8 says, If we confess, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He's saying we all have sin. It would be a lie to say we didn't have sin. The truth, and the truth would not be in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, except that time I messed up. No, that is not what it says. It says to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because I just want to say that Jesus, he paved the way for us. He paved the way for us for righteousness. Whether that's a big mistake or a small one, he paved the way for righteousness and for the freedom of sin. And so listen, I just want to challenge us here that if you have had a relationship in the past that you know wasn't good, God is not looking at you any differently than he ever has. He's looking at you with a 100% powerful beam of love and forgiveness, 100%. Listen, if you are currently in a relationship that you are now realizing is not a good one, God is 100% power, love, and mercy to you right now. It's not changed. Nothing you can do can separate from the love of God. So let's all stand up tonight and we're just gonna speak that over ourselves tonight. And I just wanna invite you to pray with me. And during this time, I'm gonna invite the, uh, the, uh, the prayer teams. They're gonna come on up. And during the last worship song, I'm gonna invite you that if you are struggling with anything, with this subject, they're not going to solve all your problems. They're not gonna even, I don't even think they're, they're not even gonna give you a, the next step or advice necessarily. That's not their job. That's not what they're here to do. What they're here to do is they're here to pray with you. They're here to pray with you. And that's the first step of what we need. So let's pray together tonight. God, I just thank you for this love that you have for us. I pray that you just change us and transform us tonight. Mold us into you the image that you have for us. God, if, we're, if any of us here are convicted, if any of us here feel condemned, let's just cast out any condemnation. Let's just accept the conviction that God has for us. Whether we're in a good relationship, in a not so good relationship, or we've never dated in our life, there is something that we have to learn tonight. So God, just mold us, shape us, forgive us, God. Set our path on the right course. God, let us approach you with boldness for you have grace and mercy to give us. There's an overwhelming amount of grace and mercy. 
Let's worship together tonight. Let the king of my heart be.